This is the Mutual Audio Drama Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. It's time once again for America's favorite show, The Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd. Brought to you by DrFloyd.com. Our story this week begins in the sleeping quarters of the world's most brilliant scientist, Dr. Floyd. Earlier in the day, he'd sworn off learning and in return received a visit from the ghosts of learning past and present who showed him the importance of learning in his life. He's just found out that his faithful robot companion, Chips, is sick with a deadly new computer virus and unless he learns how to stop it, Chips could die. Dr. Floyd is sitting on the edge of his bed, silently talking to himself. Well, maybe learning is the most important thing in the world, but this can't all be true. It had to just be a dream. Chips isn't really going to die, or is he? Just then, the clock on the bridge strikes two. Thick, dense fog begins to fill Dr. Floyd's room, leaving only Dr. Floyd clothed in his dressing gown and slippers, sitting on the middle of his bed. From the depths of the fog, Dr. Floyd can see a figure approaching him. It is a tall figure, draped in a black shroud. Am I in the presence of the spirit of learning in the days that are to come? The strange specter says nothing. What I mean by that is, like, the future? Again, the spirit says nothing. Are you here to show me the things that may come to pass if my ways are not changed? The spirit slowly nods his head. All right, then. I was about to get mad. Anyway, um, ghost of learning future, sir, I fear you more than any of the other spirits. But I know why you're here, and as I hope to become a better man, I am prepared to follow you. The spirit turns and begins walking away from Dr. Floyd, who immediately leaps off the bed to follow. Suddenly, Floyd is standing in the middle of the main courtyard on the grounds of the Dr. Floyd Institute of Technology. The buildings of this once magnificent institution are now dilapidated and overgrown. This, this is my school, my fine institution. What has happened to it? For the first time, Dr. Floyd notices a small platform with a podium on it and a small line of chairs in front of it on the far side of the courtyard. He slowly walks towards it. Two students, a boy and a girl of 23, dressed in caps and gowns, sit in the chairs with an old man and woman sitting directly next to them. At the podium stands an old man who looks very tired. I would like to be the first to congratulate you on being a graduate of the Dr. Floyd Institute of Technology. It's Dr. Grant! He looks so old. For years, this school has been the cornerstone of learning in these United States. And with you, the final graduating class of only two, the school will forever close its doors. What? They're closing down my beautiful school? Why? It is my duty to advise you not to become like the rest of the people in the country. Do not forsake learning. Do not fall for the lies that President Dr. Steve spews on the Holovision every night. Learning is fundamental to the survival of the human race. President Dr. Steve? No, no, this cannot be possible. With the presentation of these diplomas, I congratulate you, Tad and Tina Pereri, on becoming the final graduates of the Dr. Floyd Institute of Technology. Old Dr. Grant smiles as he hands the diplomas to the two students, while the old man and woman look on crying but applauding at the same time. The two students help Dr. Grant down off the stage, and he walks over to the older couple to shake their hands. Tim, Christy, congratulations. Yes, congratulations. The small gathering and Dr. Floyd all turn to look, and there, dressed in a business suit with Fidget in a small business suit beside him and several large menacing Secret Service agents, is Dr. Steve. What in tarnation are you doing here? Are you kidding? The final class of the most prestigious university in the country is graduating. It's the end of an era. A stupid, pointless era. Of course I had to come and gloat. Isn't that right, Vice President Fidget? What manner of insanity is this, Spirit? How can this really exist? I would have never let this happen. The Spirit says nothing, only motioning Dr. Floyd to follow him once again. Dr. Floyd does, gazing once more over his shoulder at the scene now fading into the fog behind him. These visions haunt me, Spirit. I have seen things I dared not even think possible. The Spirit only continues to move forward into the fog. Dr. Floyd stumbles along behind him. In an instant, he is in a small, dusty library. One lone computer screen lights the room. The Spirit points to the screen. Spirit, please, show me no more. I cannot bear to witness anything more. Again, the Spirit motions towards the computer screen. Trembling, Dr. Floyd 
Floyd takes a few meager steps towards it. On the screen is a scan of an article from the Settle River Daily Telegraph. It is from the obituary page. Dr. Floyd's eyes tear up as he starts to read out loud. The world is in mourning today upon news that the world's most brilliant scientist, Dr. Floyd, has simply vanished. His friend and longtime protege, Dr. Grant, said he started to waste away the moment he swore off learning. This morning he simply vanished altogether. Of course, his head disappeared first because it was so sm- Dagnabbit! Dr. Floyd turns to the spirit behind him. Spirit, please tell me these things, these awful, hideous things, can be changed. The spirit just motions again to the computer screen. Please, spirit, I'm changed now. I believe in the power of learning. I now believe the quest for knowledge is man's most noble. Dr. Floyd drops to his knees in front of the spirit, clutching his robe. I'm different now. Please say there's hope for me yet. Dr. Floyd buries his face in the spirit's robe, sobbing. When he looks up again, he is shocked to see that he is no longer grasping the spirit's robe, but the sheets of his very own bed. Uh, well, that's embarrassing. I could have sworn I grabbed your robe, but hey, where are you? Oh, wait, I'm back. Yippee, I'm changed. Oh, Dr. Doug, thank you. Thank you so much. I shall live now with learning in my heart. But who knows how long I've been gone with the spirits? I must find out. Dr. Floyd runs from his bed to the walkway outside his room, looking over the edge as he sends him Perry walking below him on his morning round. Oh, you there. Boy, what is today, my fine fellow? Today, sir? Why, it's National Learning Day, sir. <gasps> National Learning Day? I haven't missed it. The spirits have done all their work in one night. Uh, here you go, son. Get yourself a turkey or something. For a nickel? Cheapskate. Dr. Floyd quickly showers and shaves and makes an all-call announcement that the crew should meet him on the bridge immediately. When they are assembled, he walks in with a mock scowl on his face. Crew, I know what today is. I know that it is National Learning Day and that you are all planning on celebrating it later in the cargo hold. This drew a gasp from the crew as they thought their plan a secret. I just want you to know that I will not, absolutely not, allow my crew to sneak around behind my back and hold secret parties on my ship. Therefore, my only course of action is to make you hold the party in the conference room instead, where it's warm and there can be trivia games and merriment and hopefully some prune juice. The crew is a little more than stunned. Are you serious, Dr. Floyd? Oh, sure. I love prune juice. It's good for you because... No, Dr. Floyd. I'm talking about the party. Oh, yes. Of course you meant that. The party. Yes. More than anything, my lad. Why the sudden change of heart? Well, let's just say I found the spirit of the holiday. The party was a huge success. Everyone had a grand time. Before joining the celebration, Dr. Floyd made sure he researched all about the nasty computer virus affecting chips. In a matter of moments, he had chips cured and back up hovering around. The only minor hiccup in the celebration came when Dr. Grant presented Dr. Floyd with his gift. Oh, this is great. Uh, what is it? It's a handheld device with all the information in your old encyclopedias and more on it. Now you can get rid of those old dusty things for good and have this with you at all times. Dr. Grant, you're a good friend. I shall treasure this gift forever. But don't be offended if I don't throw out those old encyclopedias. They are one of my most valued possessions. Oh, really? Are you serious? More than you know. Oh, <laughs> um, well then, um, I'll be right back. Where are you going? Um, I just have to go borrow the time and space travel device for a minute. I think I, uh, uh, I think I left the iron on back in uh, 1910 or something. Uh, be right back. So all's well that ends well. Dr. Grant was able to go back in time and retrieve the encyclopedias. Dr. Floyd found a renewed spark for learning and Ensign Temporary and Flight Attendant Christie found they shared an uncanny love of obscure 1980s trivia. And as for Chips, he did not die or terminate or whatever it is that robots do. Chips was most thankful to Dr. Grant for the gifts he brought him for National Learning Day. A copy of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol read by a computer-generated 3D image of Charles Dickens himself along with a holographic imaging computer to play it on. And as the evening wore down, Tiny Chips was heard to say... Yes, indeed, Tiny Chips. Yes, indeed. Have a happy holidays from everyone here at the Radio Avengers of Dr. Floyd.